Make your training fun. It should never be I have to. It is I, I get, get to. to. I get to run. I get to bike. I get to swim. I get to live this incredible miracle of life. You get to do these things. It's a gift. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. Don't ever, ever forget that. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, Cam here from Team Sirius. This week on the show, Beck and Siri talk about key triathlon terms and tips and answer member questions. And don't forget, if you want to join these chats live, you can do so by joining the club. We've got a one-month free offer going at the moment, so the link's in the show notes on how to get that offer. But in the meantime, enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the live chat, Team Sirius Tri Club. Um, it's me here, Siri Lindley. My wife, Rebecca, is on her way. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. I hope you're doing some fun adventure type things, keeping you going during this tough time. Um, thinking about all of you. I know this has been a crazy time for all of us. And it's so very important to try and find the gift in what's happening. Um, of course, it's terrible what's happening and people are sick and people are dying and that is just so awful. But for us to manage, for us to cope during this time, it's so incredibly important to focus on the fact that you have more time to focus on your relationships, to focus on your self-care, to focus on your home or your business. Um, you have more time available right now. So hopefully you're using that uh, to the fullest and trying to appreciate more time with your family, more time uh, with your pets, more time at home. Um, because to focus on all the bad and all the sadness and how frustrating it is, that's not going to help you get through this and that isn't going to help you be efficient and effective and productive during this time. But if we focus on this as, okay, we get more time now to focus on all those things that we don't typically have time to focus on. And that's how, that's how I've worked it out in my head. Hi, Mel Mitchell. We have our head coach from Australia. Melanie Mitchell is on. It must be so early there, Mel. So thank you for getting up and being a part of this. Susie, great to see you. Thank you for being on the live chat today. I don't have any questions in front of me, you guys. I'm hoping Beck's going to be able to um, read those out. Here she is. Hi. She's out. Uh, giving medicine to the horses. Mel's on. Susie's on. Thanks for being here, guys. A few announcements. You guys probably saw we're doing an event here. Um, everybody's just about finished the 10K run plan, which will be available to for every athlete. Um, we're going to do a little fun run this weekend, but we've had a 5K run plan going and a 10K run plan going. So yep. it's really exciting. But I'm also going to do a back to the basics for beginner guys that have never done a 5K because I feel like some of our programs are a little too advanced even for you know people that are just first starting. So Yeah, so those of you that have never done anything hey, before. Hey, Erin. Those of you that have never run. Oh, Erin's on. Hi, Erin. Hey, Hi, Dom. Person. Great, great to have you on, you guys. Erin, thank you for your incredible uh, talk a few weeks ago with our team. We're so grateful for you. You just uh, gave us so much value, and we're so grateful. Um, so thank you. You're Susie, amazing. I think Susie has a question. Yes. Okay, I'll read it for you, babe. 
So she's asking, I think she started like a training plan. She's asking if she can change the start date for her training plan in the app. Yes, you absolutely can. You can do that in training peaks and you can do that in uh, training tilt. So just email me, um, teamseriestriclub at gmail.com and we'll help you with that for sure. You can do either, whether you have it in the, uh, the training tilt app or the training peaks app. You can definitely delete it and start, the, start again. So no worries about that. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that question, Susie. I'm interested to know which plan are you on? Um, and I'm just on beginner sprint. Beginners. Or she might be on beginner status season. Actually, good question. Yeah, so <laughs> let us know uh, what plan you're on, Susie. Um, and absolutely, that should be no problem. Hi, Dan. Nice to see you, Dan. Um, how's everybody faring during this time? Um, are you taking advantage of the extra time that you have? Are you focusing on all those things that we typically say, I don't have time to work on my relationship. I don't have time to work on my business. I don't have time to work on tidying up my house. Like, are you taking advantage of this extra time to work on those things that will make your life even that much better when all of this is done? Let us know. So Susie, you are on the beginner something plan. Okay, good. That's perfect. Um, if you have any questions, even if they feel like silly questions, I know a couple of weeks ago we were on here and we, I was answering some really basic questions. Like, you have to remember when I started, I didn't know how to swim. I really didn't know how to ride a bike and I had no idea how to run except for chasing after a ball and sprinting up and down a field. So I knew nothing about bike cleats and how to get on your bike and how to mount and dismount. I knew nothing about swimming. I didn't know how to breathe in the pool, like all these things. So if any of you watching this are true beginners, like I was, please ask any and every question you have. There is no question that's silly. I was where you were and um, I so appreciate the journey and, and everything that you have to learn along the way. Why don't we go through some terms that we use on the plans? Because people do get a little confused with some of the terminology. So while we're waiting for questions, we can go through that. We may have some more on the page. But if I throw the terms at you, how about you explain them? Okay, that sounds good. Okay, great. so what about quick feet, little feet? Okay, quick feet, little <laughs> feet has to do with your run cadence. Um, as you all know, I mean, I got to be a very fast runner by working on my technique, my form, and my cadence. And I believe that 100 cadence is an absolute perfect cadence, no matter how tall you are or how small you are. 100 cadence, if you look at the best runners, whether it be in marathon or 10K or triathlon, um, count their cadence, I guarantee you, you'll find 100 right foot strikes or very close to that per minute. Um, so quick feet, little, lick, Quick feet, little she feet, yells quick this feet, out to feet. Rennie in Kona every year. She for like five minutes straight. Rennie's going up the hill, quick feet, little feet, quick feet, little feet. She did it to me at a race and I gave her the bird. Well, and then remember when you <laughs> said to Rennie, you said to Rennie one day. I said, oh God, that must have been Doesn't that so bother you so much? She's no, like, no, I, I liked it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> because it's a reminder. So how do you get that quick feet, little feet? Well, the first thing, what your arms do, your feet will follow. So if you need to up your cadence, pump the arms quicker, pump the arms quicker your feet will follow. That's the best way to up your cadence uh, immediately. Okay, so talking about cadence, what is cadence and RPM when it, in regards to the bike and what is your theory on cadence and RPM? But what does cadence and RPM mean? For those that see cadence or RPM when they're seeing a bike session, what does that mean? So RPMs are revolutions per minute. So when you're on a bike, that's how many times uh, you are turning the pedals uh, in one minute, basically. 
So we have, I have found through my 18 years of coaching that the most powerful cadence is somewhere between, for most people, and I've dropped this a little bit over time, 78 to 84. Mm -hmm. So you'll watch like the Tour de France and they're all spinning at 100, 110. That's or, because they yeah. don't have to run off the bike. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for them it's a lot more efficient. For us as triathletes, if you're spinning... And wait, can I add, their yeah. body type is so little, tiny, they're very lean, skinny little machines, so they can afford to have a little higher cadence because cardiovascularly they're in a different world to what we are. So. True. Okay, so say you rode an And they're Ironman, drafting. And they're drafting. And yeah, all those. And whatever things. else they're doing. Um, yeah. So if you're on a bike and you're in a triathlon and you your cadence is 100, okay... And keep in mind that my preferred cadence on the run is 100 cadence. But if you've gone 180K holding 100 cadence, not only is your heart rate going to be higher, so you're expending more energy cardiovascularly, but when you get off, it's going to be so hard to try and get that 100 cadence and hold that for another three hours. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's just too much wearing out those same muscle fibers. So... As triathletes, especially the way we coach you, we coach you to be super strong on the bike where you can push a bigger gear and ride at a lower cadence. Your heart rate will be lower. You'll be using more strength, but we've built up that strength with the with work the that we're gear doing. Work, exactly. Right. So your heart rate will be lower. You're using your strength. And then when it's time to get off and run, oh my God, your body celebrates going into 100 cadence because it feels so good to get out of that other rhythm that you've been holding for five plus hours to go into this new rhythm. So for me, what I discovered as an athlete and as a coach is that people that struggle to feel good on the run off the bike, it probably has almost everything to do with the cadence you're holding on the bike and the cadence that you're running at. So for us, your cadence, which is your RPMs on the bike, I, I used to grind my gears, even I was a World Cup racer, but I still grinded, grinded my gears, but, but I ran always ran good. really good off the bike. And so my cadence was probably around 76, to be honest. But I recommend between 78 and 84 as ideal cadence. So it's something that if that's way off for you and you're either a lot lower or a lot higher, experiment with it. Start throwing it into your rides and get used to what that feels like. And someone like Rini is 84, Ellie's what, 84 or 82? 80, Ellie's a little higher. Ellie's about she's, she's tiny 84, though. sometimes 86. she hits 86 and I bring her back right. down. And then you've got Sebastian Kinley. He's a, I, I did a survey on the top male riders in Kona and they some of them can get away with going a little higher. Someone like Crowy who is just really compact, tiny, lean. Um, he was like 86, 88, but most of the guys were below 86, so around 84 um, for the top riders that I, yeah. that, I, that I reached out to. That's like your Sebastian Kinley, your Jan Frodeno, um, Daniela is probably around 80, 84. Chrissy Wellington rode at 78 to 80, so it's, there's proof in the pudding. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, had some of my best runs after Maddie and MC bike sessions. Awesome, Patrice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely where you can 
feel that progress. All right, Sue. So Dom, so Dominic is one of my favorite people. He's almost our Team Sue's Tri Club ambassador, and he lives in Hilperstein in Germany. And Hilperstein is where the swim starts. I don't know how you really pronounce it, but I'm guessing it's like that. Dom, let me know if I'm wrong. But Hilperstein is where we used to stay at um, Pension Zukrone. And I don't know if I'm saying that right either, but it is such a beautiful little town in Germany. It's where Challenge Roth is. So Dom is from there. We love him. If you ever go to Challenge Roth, reach out to him or to myself because this guy is the best host homestay you could ever find. And you always do well when you stay with him. And this guy's a little bit of a freak. He barely trains. And I know for his first one, he went on 11 hours. Actually, I think he did 12 and then he got down to 11. I think he's just broken 11. Correct me if I'm wrong. And this guy only trains maybe five to six hours a week. He's amazing talent. But his question, Siri, my next big race will challenge Ross 2021. My training plan for this race will start in January. So basically, he's having off till January. That's mm-hmm. just what he does because he works very hard. He has two kids. Uh, do you have a plan for preparing to start? start 100% in January, when should serious planning trend? So you should be training now. That So I, basically he's asking what he should be doing now, what plan we could start in January, because I believe Roths in July, so the 23-week plan will work well. And another question, if your pools are closed for coronavirus, what can I do instead of swimming when the plan says swimming in January? Great question, Dom. Amazing questions, Dom. First of he all... He went 10.43, by the way. Boom! Wow. And that was on a Team Series plan. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So, Dom, um, the first thing that I think is going to be so important for every single athlete is to have your typical off-season. So, for us, for my athletes, that means they're going to have two weeks completely off doing nothing at all two weeks of doing one thing a day but it's more like a hike or a walk or something fun yoga so basically a month off um, and then a month of only five days a week of training um, so that's two months which um and he can how start many that weeks? now i'd like to know how many weeks from january to raw it's is. about 23 okay awesome yep. so i would in uh november kind of have your two weeks off, your two weeks of one thing a day. Don't worry, you're not gonna lose all your fitness, I promise you. And then in December, you train five days a week, you have two days off entirely um, every week. And then by January, you're gonna be ready to start full force. That's how I would do it. But I think that it's gonna be a mistake for people that think that because they didn't have a race season this year that they don't need to have an off season that is just not the case if anything they're going to need an off season more than ever because maybe this coronavirus pandemic has not taken a physical toll on us but it has taken a mental and an emotional toll plus a physical toll because you're still training without having you know a race to, to train for so physically emotionally mentally It will have taken a toll on you and you really should um, give your body that appropriate rest so that you can be firing on all cylinders come next season. Okay, and he's asking alternatives for swimming. So, of course, Swim we courts. can totally do that. So, we already had um, some virtual swim workouts, which you could go back and look at. <laughs> so, we have some cord workouts you can totally do. Um, you don't obviously have a pool, but I know MC bought a pool for like three or $400 in Carrera Backyard and has a pool in there. But I would do swim cords for sure just to get that feel. Um, a Vasa trainer or a Halo trainer and do the swims as a cord session. And if you are, I can actually post that again. I'll post that for you guys. I'm really sorry that the pools 
aren't open. That's crazy, but I think that's maybe more to do with the season. It's seasonal there, not to just to do with Corona. But I would um, get as much swimming as you can in right now if it's open, and then um, even get a tether. If you have a friend with a backyard pool, get the tether, the swim tether, attach it to the pool, and just swim. It's better than doing nothing just to keep that feel. But the only thing you're really going to lose is the feel because you're still going to be conditioned aerobically and you're going to be conditioned strength-wise, neuromuscularly-wise from your riding and running. So I wouldn't be too worried because everybody's in the same boat. That's so right. I hope that helped. Yeah. Um, hope that helped, Dom, and we really miss you over here. We can't wait to get back to Challenge Road one, one year. Uh, Mel Mitchell, Siri, how do you know when you're at the optimal RPM when it gives you the strongest run off the bike? That is such a great question, Mel. There's going to be a little bit of kind of trial and error with that. Um, but I would say, cause Siri does pick different cadences for different athletes. Yes. So like give her a couple of examples because, so, I mean, Rini always rode at 82 RPMs and ran amazing off the bike. I used to ride at like 76 and ran great off the bike. Um, Leanda was at like 84. Ellie is actually 86. at like 86. Mm. Um, so it kind of depends on the athlete, but the way that we figured this out is we would look at previous performances. And of course you're gonna be doing brick sessions in training. So um, as the coach, I would say, okay, Beck, today you're doing a 40K time trial and I want your cadence to stay at exactly 82 the whole entire time. And we're gonna do a run off the bike. And then it's her responsibility to be watching her cadence meter and keeping it exactly at 82. And the best thing about focusing on cadence actually is people that don't know how to time trial, like beginners, I didn't know what a time trial was. I didn't know how to do that. But when you look at holding a specific cadence and say you're on a rolling hills course and all you wanna do is keep your cadence and at, keep the effort and the cadence at say 82, you're gonna know exactly how to gear to be your most efficient and consistent through that time trial. So it teaches you how to gear, teaches you how to be consistent, and it's just paying attention that all that matters is that cadence. So if Beck goes off and does the 40K time trial at 82 cadence and runs off the bike and feels amazing, great. But then I may even say, okay, well next time let's try 80. Maybe it'll feel even better. And you have to, when you're, when you're doing these experiments, um, have the same lead in each time and you do And the same it. conditions, which is why I would recommend doing it. Siri may not, but I would recommend doing it on your it trainer. On your trainer yeah. because, and this would be the only time I would really, really recommend um, to look at heart rate. Don't look at it. Have it on and have your power meter on, but do not ever look at it. And then you can go back and look because you may be sitting at like a 160 heart rate at sort of 88 cadence and then you do it at 84 and you're at 150 with the same power. So you got to play around with that a bit. And that would be a time when I would say, Mel, you could look at their, their numbers um, afterwards, you don't want it to be something they're focusing on. The only thing they focus on is the cadence. That's right. And I would say start start lower. Um, because Mel had them at 72 originally. Oh, so awesome, I Mel. Amazing. I'm totally with you on that. I <laughs> Better than 90. totally with you on that. And the thing is that the lower the cadence, the lower your heart rate's going to be. Yes, you're using more strength, but like my legs would be trashed after the 40K in a race, but I would run amazing. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter that they felt trashed. The, the, they were ready to, you know, activate at 100 cadence. So, and actually, I want to take back, because I said do a 40K time trial. No, you can do 10 minutes. 20 minutes. You know, 10 minute best. time yeah. trial, and then run off and, and see how that it. feels. Yeah. And then, you know, the next time, do the same exact thing, a 10 minute time trial at a different cadence and run off of that. But you're going to find it out. And also, you know, athletes can discover that 
in races too. You know, a lot of athletes won't just be racing their A races. They'll do some training races along the way. And that's the perfect opportunity to say, okay, let's kind of over gear for you a little bit in this race. Um, let's keep it at, you know, 78 to 80 and let's see how you feel on the run. And they may discover that, that it didn't feel as good as they usually do. Um, or they may discover most likely, wow, that felt amazing. And Can I add something you, to yeah. this? And I don't know if you agree with it. I kind of do in general, in a generalization, um, which is something Brett um, was big for a big gear. If, he said he would usually look at the physique of someone. So my sister's partner, Brendan, is like 200 pounds, all muscle, and he's a big guy. And I see him spinning at 100 RPM in a race, and I, I'm like, whoa. You have legs like a freaking Arnold Use Schwarzenegger. Them. You should be someone who'd be even below 78. Like he might sit at 70, but because he hadn't conditioned himself to the bigger gear, he was spinning at 90 because he sees the Tour de France. He thinks we're all like Tour de France riders. So once we got his cadence down, completely changed his game, and he ran way better off the bike because he wasn't completely exhausted on the bike. So I do feel like generally the more muscular, bigger yes. guys can do a much bigger gear and there's a little and more smaller, tinier, although Rini's a little bit of a, an anomaly because she's quite, that's quite low for her. Well, But she's pretty muscular. She's, but she is, she's muscular. Yeah. And then you look at Ellie who's pretty, pretty lean and skinny and someone like Crowy who's, you could say an anomaly because he's maybe at 88, 90. I remember one year at Conan when he won, he said it was like almost 90 cadence. But Crowy is so aerobically fit. He can kind of get away with that. And he's probably really conditioned to train at that. But but in general, if they're bigger muscle mass and they're big muscle in their legs, like, you know, my quads or someone's use quads. Use your you, strength. Yeah, use that use and your train strength. yourself and condition yourself for yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it may take over time. You may be racing one year at 84 cadence, but the next year you're that much stronger. You can do 82. And then the next year you can do 80. So it's something you build up for sure. And that's sure. more to help Mel too, because I know Mel hasn't worked a lot with cadence in the past, but I love that she started them much lower than yes, higher. Because me too. they're already conditioned awesome. in their legs. So yeah. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> What does Dom say? Dom says, uh, planning on being there this year, we'll get pushed to the future if the door is open, Washington, D.C. Oh, oh, that's Dan. Okay, sorry, sorry, that was not a question. Challenge Daytona in December. I know that our guys are so hopeful for a race, guys, but don't hold your breath because I really don't see it happening. Okay, here we have a question from Susie. And Susie, I loved your questions because, again, we've got to go back to this beginner mindset sometimes because sometimes people just don't know. They don't know because it's their first ever time I doing didn't a triathlon. Know. So she says she's having a hard time breathing in the water. I've been distracting myself by continuing to do laps, just keep moving with running with the pool belt and backstroke, breaststroke, side kicking, etc. She did 1.75 laps of freestyle without stopping for the first time last Great. week. Great. Well Woo! done. Awesome. I need some serious tips. Okay, now this is where we would get someone like um, my athlete, um, Karen, on because Karen has gone from swimming 25 meters to like 41,000. Yeah, so you guys may need to connect you and Karen Goble. But uh, yeah, because it honestly is about aerobic conditioning as well. Yes. Like if you're coming from no fitness level, it's more about that too. But I need tips on gasping for air like crazy. Should I order that Champions Online training? Oh, yes, I would absolutely invest in. Um, in the $37, I think it's $47, it's not even a big investment into Brent Hayden's swim course for sure because he does do a lot on the beginner and the breathing stuff and how awesome. to rotate and get the breathing in the air and everything like that. So, and uh, flotation as well. Um, and Susie, able to do 18 laps in 50 minutes. Okay, let's give her a couple of tips with the breathing again. Well, first of all, Susie, celebrate where you are now because. You know, in a year from now, like Mary Carmen, like Karen, you are going to be 
just blowing yourself away with how well you're swimming, how much you're swimming. Mm -hmm. So it's something to look forward to. And I look back when I had no idea how to swim. I couldn't put my head under the water. And it makes me so proud of how far I came. Mm -hmm. um, so celebrate where you are right now. Um, with the breathing, a lot of it is just getting comfortable in the water and, and breathing, well, breathing outside the water to calm yourself to prepare yourself for having your head under the water. And remember, we are exhaling under the water and inhaling when you turn to the side. But the anxiety and the fear can often lead to you gasping for air. So let's just stay calm. Like you can breathe anytime you want, okay? It's not like someone's holding your head under the water. Like you can breathe anytime you want. So yep. just relax, yep. stay calm, take it slowly, exhale under the water, breathe to the side. I really believe that if you calm your nerves and be fearless, um, you're going to have so much of an easier time. But I also think that doing the champions online training would be amazing too. It's actually called Swimming Secrets Mastery. Swimming yeah. Secrets. I just put the link up there for you to click on it and do it through our um, our link, our team series. We have a special deal for our club. It's like I think it's forty seven or something. But anyway, um, if obviously if we were here and we could have a camp, we would just tell you to come here and we'd yeah. look at your swim. And that's going to happen, hopefully. I know yes. MT is planning that this year sometime. So I will be with my mask and standing social distancing um, if we can do it. I don't know if the pool will allow us, but we'll see. But hopefully we can do that too. But send us a video and send us a video. I'll post the video, sorry, on the wall. Don't be scared. Just post the video on the wall. We can critique it and have a little look. Um, I think the biggest thing is getting another thing to add to Siri would be getting a rhythm. And I... Maybe you're doing, I don't know, maybe you're trying to do 10 strokes and breathe and then five strokes and breathe and three strokes and breathe. Try and go like one, two or one, two, three or one, two, three, four. I used to go four, two and then it was altitude. I'd go Explain three, what that three, means. three. Explain what that okay, means. Okay, so one, two would be one, breathe, one, breathe. Okay, that's breathing every second, uh, oh, yeah, every second arm because you do right, left, breathe, right, left, breathe. Every three would be right, left, breathe, left, right, breathe. So to be breathing every three strokes. Breathing every four strokes would be one, two, three, four, breathe, one, two, three, four, breathe. So when it's even numbers, um, one, three, five, sorry, odd numbers, one, three, five, you're breathing to opposite sides. And if you're doing two, four, six strokes in a breath, you're breathing to the same side. That's the only thing. But you could even do like breathing up on one side and breathing to the other side on the way back or something like that. So you're using both sides. But I wouldn't even get too worried about that right now. Just try to get your breaths in um, without waiting too long to breathe. Like it's like breathing on dry land, but your face is down. It's so much easier to, to say than to yeah. do. Um, but I would also try and get a eeny buoy or a really big flotation buoy um, to put between your legs because that will just help a little bit to get you more confident in the water and more um, balanced on top of the water. So I would definitely try using the buoy. Um, and you could even try tying your feet just to get that balance and get that, that positioning right with your body as well. Yeah, awesome. I would love to get to Megan Newman, my athlete's question. Megan, I love you. Did you, you know, know her that. Back still sore? Um, no, she hasn't told me that until right now. Mm -hmm. So your back, uh, she's asking, is my back pain on the bike due to a weak core? Probably unlikely i would say it's more positioning it could have a little bit to do with that but i would say absolutely probably um what was it definitely maybe was a movie <laughs> yeah, definitely maybe. definitely that's a good movie if you haven't seen it um more positioning megzy and i remember when you were here on the camp your seat no meg wasn't here at the camp. oh that wasn't that was yeah. the other meg okay okay that's good to know because the other meg her seat was slightly tilted up so there's so many things so if you're a series athlete 
Send us send a video. Me a video, Megan. Send me a video, Megan. Send us a video. We'll look at it together because you're a personal athlete. We can totally do that one-on-one. So send her a video. I'll assess it. We need the bike on its own on a trainer with a front and back rule level so that we can see the angles of the seat. We need you on the bike from the side, the front, and the back because most likely it could even be a two-millimeter change. Some people mm-hmm. get pain. Our other Meg's got pain because her sleep is slightly tilted up and it's just putting extra pressure on her L4 or L5 or SLJ or lower back and all of that. And just pulling on that fascia um, and it's likely that it's probably a little bit positional so the first thing I normally do with yes. lower back pain is look at that and then if we can't see anything obvious it could be cleat position I doubt it seats either too high most likely than too low could be too far back and where in your cockpit it could be too low at the front end so you, you might be a little too low in the front end and just bringing it up even 10 mil if you think about that like 10 mil is only this much right like it's one centimeter but that much on your actual lower back is so much relief of pressure so i would look at that look at where your arm pads are positioned and look at that as well so we'd love to help yeah you. so please so, yes. megan send me that video as soon as you can hopefully this week uh, so we can help you out with that. But let's speak about core core strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, when your body gets under fatigue, like in a race, it's that core strength that's going to hold your technique together. It's also that core strength that is going to lead to you being able to transfer power from the front of your swim stroke mm-hmm. to the back of your swim stroke. <laughs> It is the core strength will allow you to transfer power from your upper body holding onto the bars into your legs, into the pedals. The core strength will hold together your technique on the run when you start getting tired. So core strength, you guys, is so crucially important. It will hold your technique together. And when you're holding your technique together, you're going to be performing your very best. So always, always uh, keep that core work going. I remember I used to do it every single night with my training partner, Loretta Harrop, and I realized, you know, I didn't need to be doing it every single night, but I did. But I would say three to four days a week, um, get that core work in. It's very important. And Erin does do um, the fascial release stuff and um, the tissue stuff and the, uh, what's it called, um, conditioning and um like just getting your muscles nice and loose on a Monday. I know she does that for free on her Facebook group. I would recommend you guys doing that. I think it's something really good to do. Just movement, um, doing a movement to really release that um, SIJ area, all the hamstrings, quads, like all the fascial stuff. And she does do a session for free on a Monday. So I would actually recommend doing that after a tough weekend because you're right, Becky, we're on our... Um, time trial bikes all the time now and a lot, a lot of the time we're stuck inside and our trainer because of COVID some of us so you're in that position and you know don't need to be because we really probably won't likely have any races coming up you don't have to be in your TT bars all the time like you can sit up even some of the big gear work mix it up a bit I know we often say always be in your bars but without races coming up like it's not you know as you know as, as detrimental to be out of the bars as it is when you've got races coming up so but I'm still a big believer. I'm sorry. This is just how I am. I know, am. but they're on their trainer yeah. all day. But no, you I should know. feel good yeah. in your time trial position. You, should you feel absolutely good. should. It shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't feel worse than on your hoods. No, but it feel there, better. it's always a good time to build up strength in that position if it's not going to, you know, destroy you. Yep. So thank you. And Becky, any advice you can give too? Because I know, Beck, you're always on your yeah, you're amazing. for five or six hours. Beck's actually one of our coaches, and she's always on here and so proactive. So, thank so we you, have Rebecca. Rebecca Allen on, one of our coaches. Mel Mitchell is on, one of our coaches. We are so grateful for you guys. You are incredible. And if she ever gives some advice, listen to it, because she is an unbelievable swimmer. This girl at 16 was beating 
Makili Jones smashing her out of the water, beating Loretta Harrop, smashing my oh, wife out of the water. Smashing Like me. she had such a big leap sometimes that she'd, she'd be gone off the bike. Yeah. Like no one could Amazing. catch her. So beautiful, beautiful swimmer. Amazing And, and ask athlete. her direct messages if you if you need your answers, questions, you don't, you're embarrassed to ride on here or don't want to ride on the group, just reach out to Mel. She'd be willing yes. to help. She's an amazing And swimmer. Rebecca as well, guys. And um, Becky too, especially for a bike because Becky's like, she's an axe on the bike. So Absolute axe. Yes. So we are so <laughs> blessed to have such incredible resources here guys dom's just asking um, let's do last question siri um he says he has stomach pain or sore muscles in the stomach after hard swimming even with and without neoprene so depends where it is i used to get like a, a psoas tight psoas which was the psoas muscles really long it runs under your ribs all the way down to your hip flexor in your hips and that was um it was just really really tight you used to have to roll on it and get it loose but it depends where the tummy pain is so have you yeah. ever experienced well that? let me know more i mean Sometimes it's because you're doing such a tremendous job pulling that water through. And when I say the core is how you transfer power from the front of your stroke to the back of your stroke, if you're doing that amazingly well, it could just be sore from working it properly. But if it's a strange pain, I mean, I'll never forget when oh, you used to get that. cramping in my psoas. And it was awful. Um, awful. But mm -hmm. also really pay attention to, I'd love to get a video from you, Dom, just to yeah, see Dom, what your one. position is in the water. Um, if you're holding yourself in a way that's straining those muscles, we'd be able to um, point that out. If you get someone, they'd have to kind of get the video, under I'd the say, water. at least, you know, water on, on the surface of the water, under the water. But let us see that and we'll be able to help you out with that. And, and Megan, I really I want to try doing hip flexor stretches too, the hip flexor stretch. Um, Erin probably does those on Mondays, but the hip flexor stretch, look up hip flexor stretches because their psoas will get really stretched out with a hip flexor stretch. And um, I can demo it after this, so that would help too. So last, last one question, let's see. What kind of stationary bike is best to start? This is a good question, Susie, because some people don't have tri bikes. What kind of stationary bike is best way to start as a newbie, a regular high seat or the one where you're almost leaning back with your legs higher? No, recumbent. No, no as definitely. To, as close to a normal road bike position as possible. The Peloton's a good one. Yeah, but Peloton's a great one. A Schwinn spin bike, you could probably find a used one yep. uh, for sale online. But yeah, you want it to be as close to a regular bike as possible. Oops. So oh, the recumbent <laughs> bike would not, you wouldn't be using the same muscles. So, and we have well, a lot of be, you. But you're recruiting them differently. Right, recruiting them differently. I'd look at the ones I use like in spin cycle, soul cycle classes, all those, you know, stressed, like stationary bikes that are upright. Yeah. 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 Um, and also a lot of you guys are, you work, you travel, uh, maybe not right now, but you do travel. I know. Um, I have athletes that travel all the time for work and they end up not wanting to bring their bike on a work trip. And that's when you could use a Peloton or a Schwinn bike or any kind of a stationary bike. But again, and the hotel gyms generally have those. Yeah, as well. always, yep. always, yep. I feel. Yep. Um, hopefully that helps, guys. You are all amazing. Um, have an amazing week. Make your training fun. It should never be I have to. It is I, I get, get to. to. I get to run, I get to bike, I get to swim, I get to live this incredible miracle of life. You get to do these things. It's a gift, it's a joy, it's a pleasure. Don't ever, ever forget that. And don't forget, we have amazing coaches under our club. Swimming tips, I would go to Mel Mitchell. Becky has done amazing her iron distance races, bike run, anything tri-related, especially long distance. Becca's improved like 
bet I can't remember, it's like three or four hours, maybe three hours over your Ironman distance. Uh, my athlete's on. Congratulations to everyone on that swim comp. Oh my God, they kicked ass. My athlete Amazing. reached 42. I think it was 42.2 kilometers already. We're so excited. Amazing. Amazing. So Maddie Pesh guys. has been swimming 35,000 wow. uh, meters a week. You guys are incredible. Coaches, you're incredible. Thank you for being so awesome. Mel, we're so excited about Team Series Tri Club in Australia. Such respect for you as an athlete. Such respect for you, Rebecca, as an athlete, as a human being. So thank you, everyone. Uh, you're amazing. Have an awesome week. And thank you, Dan, for the yoga, too. You're yes. awesome. Love it. We love you guys. Hi there, Cam here again. Hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget you can get one month's free membership at the moment to TeamSeriousTriClub.com. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes or go to TeamSeriousTriClub.com and we'd love to see you inside the club soon.